What's up, what's up, everybody? It's Hoya Rock from the one and only Madball and Smoking Word Podcast. In my hands right now, I got that new LP from my boys in Terra. The record is called Pain Into Power. I believe, I believe in these days, these days, these days of brotherhood. Ten brand new songs produced by Todd Jones, the artwork by Spoiler, it drops on May 6th on Pure Noise Records in the U.S. and on N Hits Records in Europe. Hardcore lives. You know the deal. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. Episode 9 of the From Within Records podcast featuring Greg Falchetto. Good friend of mine is out now. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe to their podcast. Shout out to Jake, Dylan, and Carter for doing that awesome podcast. Also, warn human work, second pressing. Please mark your calendars. They will be available on May 20th, limited to 200, and they will be on a random color. So, pick one up while you still can. Those will go fast. I know a lot of people didn't get a chance to get the first pressing because it sold out. So this is your next opportunity. Please don't miss out. This summer, Shackled, Doubt Surrounds All in the USA. I'm super pumped for them to hit California. I love Shackled. Please catch them in a city near you this summer. Also, Warn will be hitting the US. They're also going on a summer tour. They will be in California in July, and I'm so excited. I love that band so much. Shout out to Dan. And if you're not following From Within Records on social media, please boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button and stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. And if you're looking for high quality merch for your band, for your business, for whatever, please go hit up my friends over at Good Fortune Printing. You can follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. You can also get in contact with them at contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. They do amazing work. They print merch for a lot of your favorite bands. They print my merch. And I am very satisfied. I'm a satisfied customer. So shout out to Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. On today's episode, we had to track down our good friend Tyler. Super knowledgeable when it comes to the Elden Ring. He plays in a band called Means of Survival. You may have heard their new EP that is out now. Go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, whatever, and go stream uh, no dice by means of survival. Super awesome. I am a huge supporter of that band, not just because my friend Tyler is in it, but because it is awesome music. So do yourself a favor, hit pause right now, go boot up your, like I said, your Spotify, your Bandcamp, Apple music title, and thank me later because no dice front to back is an awesome EP. But it was such a pleasure for me to track down Tyler, catch up with him. He's a good friend. And I hope all of you just, uh, excuse me, enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So please strap in. And without further ado, welcome Tyler to the show. 
to the podcast. Tyler, how's it going? Not bad, bro. Thank you for having me back. I'm stoked to do it again. No, this is awesome. It, it's uh, cool to you know to have stayed in touch um, you know over the years, and it, it's cool to have been able to see you. Uh, you know, in person a couple times, you know, uh, luckily I was able to fly out to the East Coast, uh, you know, this year and be able to see uh, s- some cool bands and you be there in attendance. So I'm happy to, you know, have you back and happy to have this friendship continue. Dude, of course. A good time. Fucking, uh, what was it? Uh, the show in Wilkes-Barre or Wilkes-Barre? Yeah. Uh, I always, <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody says it different. I always just say Wilkes-Barre. Um, but yeah, saw you there, w- which was awesome. And then, uh, saw you a bit, uh, you know, after that, it was, was the last time FYA. Yeah. FYA. Mm-hmm. Which was, uh, always a good time. I always loved traveling out to Florida for that fest. Yeah, that was my, that was my first one, like going to ever, let alone playing it, but it was super fun, man. I, uh, I stayed over at, um, two members of not one truth. They kind of offered to let me stay with them. Like the whole duration of the, uh, of the fest. And I, I just kind of winged it. Cause like, I didn't really go down with like a ton of plans. Mm-hmm. So I was just going to ask around and see if I could crash with somebody. Um, I was going to try to stay at a member of final rates house, but that fell through. So they let me stay with them. So shout out to them. I was just talking to them recently. They're actually coming up Poughkeepsie. So I got to pay them back somehow. <laughs> Hell yeah. Show. Uh, yeah, I, I I was able to meet uh, Colin from Not One Truth uh, more recently. Super nice guy. Yeah, he, he's like the one that that set it up for me and let me stay there. It was uh, their bass players, like Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, he like kind of made the connection. So, you know, big shout out to them. Yeah, I, I remember um, I went to Philly for the From Within Records showcase and I was staying with Marty Williams and Bob Wilson and bob had picked me up from the airport which i'm like always eternally grateful for um and he had mentioned like on the way to the house he was like hey i'm not sure um if, if you know him but uh colin from uh not one truth is going to be crashing with us too so I, I hope that's chill i'm like no it's totally fine with me like uh, if he's your friend um, you know he's my friend too and i remember uh, rolling up to the house and just right off the bat it's just super nice guy just a very very easy to get along with so i'm that's I'm kind def- of crazy yeah like if, if that's the same house I'm talking about, like that's the one I stayed at. Cause I, I met Marty Williams for the first time mm-hmm. um, there. So I knew he stayed there, but we, we may have just missed each other. Then that's kind of what that's funny. Yeah. But um, okay. Well, that's cool. Uh, and for anyone who's curious, uh, there's a not one truth podcast coming up uh, very soon. And it should be an interesting one, but we'll get very back soon. to that later. But um other than uh, you know that you mentioned it was your first time going up to FYA, like what was the rest of the experience like? Like how'd you like the venue? Because I'm I'm always such a fan of that place. That was the second time they've done it there. Yeah, no, it was, it was mind blowing. Um, I will say, you know, I'm not a straight edge person, so I was pretty hammered the entire duration of that fest. Mm-hmm. Um, I missed a bunch of bands that I really wanted to see, unfortunately, just become because of being hungover. And uh, not getting up in time to see them. <laughs> so that sucked. I missed Despise, which was oh. awful. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Then they were, I, I wanted to see Despise and Declination. You know, most people really wanted to see them. I feel like out of all the bands, just because, you know, where they're from, you never know if we're going to see them again anytime soon. Um, so missing them was, was, uh, was a bummer. But, you know, I, I really got to enjoy some of the bigger band sets. Like Mind Force was, was super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's always a fun time seeing them at like a festival level venue. Um, Vane was, was amazing, you know, kind of scratched that itch and not seeing them in a minute. Uh, but yeah, all the sets that I did get to see were great. And uh, we ended up going to like some goth nightclub or some crazy. Oh, castle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like, so I was there till like three in the morning. And, you know, a fun time. Definitely a fun experience. I actually, I don't know about you or anybody else. I got sick at that show. So I came back and uh, my old band was supposed to play with Despise and uh, everybody else was fine except me. So mm-hmm. they, they just four pieced it without me. So I missed Despise on two counts, which sucks. But and you, and you, you say got sick, like normal sick or? No, like- no, I got the itis. Everybody got the itis, man. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I made it out okay. And honestly, I was prepared. I was like, okay, well, we're going to this fest. Um, and there's going to be a lot of people there. There's definitely a, a chance that it could happen again. Cause I, I got, uh, COVID back in like early 2021. So, yeah. um, so I, I was like, all right, let's, let's, you know, put these boosters and vaccine shots to work. Uh, but uh, luckily, yeah, it, I, I walked away fine. Uh, but that sucks to hear that you didn't, um, you know, get away uh, healthy. A lot of, a lot from what I've heard, at least a lot of people in the Hudson Valley got it. Um, mm-hmm. My symptoms, like, honestly, man, I, I knew something was different because like I have, uh, I have bad like nasal problems just like intrinsically and genetically. So like post-nasal drip and stuff like that. Like I got sick as a kid a lot. Then I had my like tonsils and adenoids removed, um, which is supposed to help it. And it did, but like immediately I could tell something was different. Um, like I wasn't really, I, I was, va- I'm vaccinated, but I don't have the booster. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure like that helped to some extent. Um, but yeah, the symptoms were like totally different from anything that I felt, but I, I didn't really feel sick. I just felt like I, I was like hot and warm, whatever, for a few days, but I could tell it was different. And I was like, oh, I might as well, you know, just play it safe and go get tested. And they're like, yeah, you do. And then I tested negative uh, a couple of days after. Um, so I definitely had like probably one of the best experiences that you could have with it. I feel like, I don't know. It just, it wasn't too, too bad for me. Mm-hmm. And that was your first time getting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I've never had that before. Which yeah. Is weird. Yeah. It's really strange. Cause uh, like everybody always says like it, it affects everyone different, but happy to hear that um, you got like a mild version. We're able to not have to suffer too much. Yeah. No, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I was super worried, but you know, made it out. Okay. And I, I have to ask, because I, I know uh, a lot of people are curious, but you briefly mentioned Final Riot. Um, last I heard, supposed to play From Within Record Showcase, had to drop. Um, any news there? Um, yeah, we just, we had to break up. It just wasn't working out. Um, we, we had to part ways with a member of the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was super fun. You know, I've been playing in it for pretty much since the band came out or a few months after when um, I had joined. But it just like the whole premise of the band was really cool because it was like a band for our singer um, and people were just joining and not replacing, but like it was meant to be replaced, like members were meant to be replaced in the band. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just couldn't work out. Uh, We just had some some personal problems and it is what it is. It it sucks. But, you know, I wish everybody the best. Uh, I'm doing a new band with uh, a member of Final Right and that's coming out. Well, by the time this drops, it'll be out, but that's coming out this Friday. Um, so I'm stoked on that. But yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a bummer because we put a lot of work into it. And uh, to say goodbye to it was pretty hard, but 
had to do it. Yeah, I, I was definitely bummed because uh, you know that I had been a fan of Final Right, and to see you guys start to catch steam and do more stuff, um, you know, it, it, it was cool. But uh, then you guys had to you know drop the show, which not. I, I don't think I've ever talked about this publicly, but uh, we were supposed to do a collab shirt, which I was so stoked yeah, on. Cause, I know, I know. When you hit me up, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I was so stoked on. And um, granted, I, like a lot of the stuff that I've done uh, has been Disney, uh, you know, maybe by chance because of the band having to do with Disney stuff or at the fest. But th- um, your shirt was going to be the first one that was going to be like non-Disney. It was, it, was, it was such a cool design and it was being yeah. done by like a great friend. But um, as soon as I got word, I had to pull the plug in. I was definitely bummed when I had to reach out yeah. to you about that and telling you that, yeah, let's 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 pull the plug. But um, but but it sucks. But maybe maybe in the future with, with the yeah. new band, we'll get to you right now. Um, maybe we can do something in the future. For sure. Yeah. No, I, I hope that'd be cool. It was uh, we had some shows um, planned mm-hmm. or like already scheduled after um, we had to part ways with the member. Um, but. We play. We ended up just playing those and finishing out. Um, one of our friends, Tommy, filled in mm-hmm. um, for us. He filled in for us at, at the FYA after show. Um, so shout out to him. He plays in uh, Ill Communication from Connecticut. No, oh, um, Illcom. Uh, yeah, he helped us out really, really, uh, really big time with that. So okay, and um, I guess we can talk about the, this new band. Um, I, I'm just curious. Uh, you know, uh, means of survival. How long has um, you know this band been in the works? Uh, it's been in the works literally before In Cold Blood came out, the final right EP, mm-hmm. probably like months before that. Um, I was just writing a bunch of music that I kind of wanted to use for final right, but it really wasn't like the more I kept listening to it, I was just like, I'd rather probably just do something else with this. Um, it was in, it's in D standard, which is final rights tuning, but the riffs just sound a bit different. Um, I didn't really, I really only wrote part of one song on the EP. So that really wasn't a lot of me, um, but I really wanted to do something different with it. And uh, I showed it to Tony Caronio who plays guitar and uh, he was kind of agreeing with me and that we should start like someone else. Um, he's crazy. He's in like seven bands. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of just decided then and uh, our, uh, our old, well, not our old friend, but we got a, a drummer, Joe, who has played in bands with Tony for years. Um, he actually played drums um, for a weekender that Final Right did um, before the lineup changed. Um, and then we didn't really have a singer. So we just jammed, um, jammed musically and instrumentally for super long, like six, seven months. And, uh, you know, I had two songs done and then we turn around, Tony wrote two songs. So we pretty much had an EP worth of material done and we're just like contemplating on finding a singer. Um, so like, we keep asking people around, you know, either somebody can't do it or too busy or, you know, just won't work out for whatever reason. Um, so I texted uh, the old singer of Prime, my, old, my pretty much like first band that I was in. Um, I, te- I know he wasn't super keen on doing anything musically Um, from the last time I spoke to him, but I just shot him like a message. I was like, yo, like, you want to sing on anything new? Like we have a new demo. It's me and Tony and Joe. And he was like, oh, I love all those guys. Definitely send me the music. I'll check it out. And I sent it to him. And it was kind of like a no brainer for him to sing on it. Cause like we have already been, we've already been in a band together. He knows them all. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like one of my favorite singers, like from around here at least. 
So it was, he said yes. And I was like super stoked. He actually didn't say yes at first. Um, but then he thought about it and said yes afterwards. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it happened. Then he started practicing with us. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's uh, pretty interesting to hear that you were um, asking people to to sing in the band and, uh, you know, it just wasn't working out because I feel like a lot of people would like kind of jump at that opportunity. Uh, yeah, to... we asked like two, two people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one was the singer of a band from around here called Lurch. Um, they were around for a couple of years, I think. Um, I didn't really know the, the guy at all. Mm-hmm. I think he said he liked it. He just well, he was too busy. I forget. We asked like two other people. I don't even remember who, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad it worked out the way it did because, you know, I love being in a band with him. It's fun. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially when you're uh, already familiar with, with these people and you kind of know how they work. So it's not having to, you know, like adjust and try to, you know, get this chemistry going. Yeah, for sure, bro. And uh, uh, who did you guys record? Uh, is it so you guys are just calling it an EP? Uh, no, well, I wanted to call it a demo and just put it out as a demo. But mm-hmm. I think somebody came up with the name. Tony wrote uh, or came up with all the song names, the singer. There's two Tonys, mm-hmm. but Tony's the singer and Tony's also a guitar player. Tony Z and Tony C. Um, but Tony Z, the singer, came up with all the tracks, like the the names. Um, and he wanted to call it uh, No Dice, which is like kind of like slang for no chance. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I didn't really want to call it that, but they were all pretty set on it. So I kind of said, all right, that's cool. <laughs> For sure. And um, well, hopefully by now people have checked out the new tracks. Uh, I- I'm definitely a huge fan of it. I was actually surprised at how much I liked it. Because yeah, sometimes when I listen to a, a new band, uh, it-, it doesn't always click right away. It'll, yeah. it'll take me like a, fl- a few listens or maybe... I'll check it out and put it off and just have to revisit it because maybe I'm not feeling it at, at that time. But like right away when I listened to the the new tracks, I was like, damn, this is actually really awesome. I, I'm like super into it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's more, I think it's more like mid-paced, um, more moshy. Not that any band that we've been in before hasn't been moshy, but for, for a band that our singer has kind of done, um, they've for the most part been like, a bit more straightforward, less mosh parts, uh, more fast parts, kind of weird parts here and there. Mm-hmm. So we, we really like it was important for for him. He really wanted to try like something different vocally, um, and especially like with I'm a, I'm actually seeing I do a few parts on the record as well, and uh, that's like something he wanted to try too. Is like if we do like different members singing in uh, intermittently in certain parts and how that would sound and i think it sounded it came out pretty cool um but yeah it's like something out of our element and we really wanted to try something like that so i hope people like it i mean i i, I like the music um i like it a lot so yeah no i i think people are going to be definitely into this stuff uh, and, and you know obviously a big reason having one is to help promote the music so uh i'll definitely do my part and help spread it as much as i can but you know the music is good it, it definitely speaks for itself so um you know me posting it is fine but i'm um, it'll you know gain its own traction no problem in my opinion means a lot uh, but so having to start a, a new band right because i'm um, obviously uh it, it, it's your last band um you guys were already getting some notoriety playing shows doing cool stuff is, is it kind of um disheartening to have to start over or is it just uh, fun to play new music again 
That's a good question. I was thinking about that the other day. Um, I think it, the thing that's intimidating is kind of like the duration that I was like in my old band was like, it feels like a long time, you know, I was like three or so years. And uh, that's like the part that, that sucks, you know, cause the, the band went through a lot and like the progression was very drastic and uh, you know, it's just hard to envision where a new band that I'm doing right now will be at that time. You know, if, if people don't like it, you know, whatever the case is, it's just, it's kind of hard. I guess you just got to see how it plays out really, but I don't want to overthink on it too much. Yeah. And, and, and you can't really be like, Hey, um, all of our old fans come check out this, this new stuff and yeah, expect and it. Sounds nothing alike. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and not everyone's going to uh, find it at the same time. Uh, it, it, you know, people are going to discover it on their own time. So it, it's going to have to, uh, you know, grow over time to, to, to get back to where you were. And I'm um, hopefully, uh, you know, get to, um, you know, the, the next level with it. But I, I think it's possible as long as you guys are able to, you know, keep together and just uh, stay consistent. I, I think you guys will be fine. Yeah. I think it's going to be cool. I think there's a, there's also a cool amount of uh, newer bands coming up from, from here. Um, most of them are pretty much just members or old members of, of final right uh, war crimes, um, which Tony's also in the guitar player mm -hmm. and torture chamber who is just all members of Hudson Valley bands. So it's going to be cool to come up like with everybody, you know, it's a good plethora and, and a good style because every band sounds pretty different. That's coming up right now, at least from our area. So, you know, probably play a lot of start trying to play more local shows and surrounding shows with that, that kind of package. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Yeah. I, I feel like it's um, really important to have that hometown support. I, yeah. I, I know it's not always, um, easy right especially if like something's new and people are aren't really you know hip to it they, they could feel afraid and not really want to show that support because they don't know if it's cool or not or whatever right. but um yeah I, I think it's cool that there's like this new crop of bands coming up in your area and you guys can all kind of just kind of grow up at the same time yeah i know for sure i know uh, a couple other ones i mentioned were uh i think they were quarantine projects or demos whatever you'll call them like they just did them over quarantine mm -hmm. Kind of worked on them, but it's cool to like, you know, product from having like a negative thing like COVID happen to like having a current new band now that can be sick. And I just think it's cool, just like, yeah, made something out of a bad thing, you know. I think, uh, but uh, paying the truth, it's one of those bands, right? They came out during the quarantine yeah, yeah. and <laughs> they just exploded, um, but well deserved. I, you know, I, I love that band, love the people in the band. But it's really cool to to see the record come out during the pandemic, and then once the you know doors open for shows coming back, that band has just gotten so much great success, and they're on tour with Terror right now, and it's just really cool to see that um, you know people can recognize um, you know real hardcore, especially from people who are working really hard at it, because it's not easy to to um, you know it, it's cool you put a band together, put out cool music, but when it gets to the aspect of having to hit the road and do all these tours, um, it, it's not easy. So for them to be able to keep it together and, uh, you know, hit the road really hard and they've been to the West coast, you know, they're playing all over, um, the U S they're, they're heading over to Europe. So it, it's really cool to see a, a band like that, um, you know, kind of flourish now. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. War crimes, uh, one of the other Hudson Valley bands coming up now. Um, I filled in for them 
in uh, in Long Island. I believe it was supposed to be terror and, and age of apocalypse on the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there were like last minute changes. It was like in the time period when COVID was having another like scare, like okay. kind of after FYA. Mm-hmm. And uh, they shifted the lineup around and then uh, they asked War Crimes uh, to play A Pain of Truth. And we went down there and played it. And uh, yeah, the singer had told us, he like came up to us and like, when when did this start? And it was like, oh, just like over quarantine. I was like, yep, same here. <laughs> so it's cool, you know? Yeah, 100%. And it just shows you yeah, just if you're, willing to take you know um, opportunities and work hard like you can definitely get places especially with a brand new band yeah for sure yeah ridge from uh pain of truth actually did the uh artwork for means of survival oh awesome yeah ridge does a lot of cool stuff he, he works really hard and, and it's always cool to hear and see his stuff out in the wild yeah i yeah, know for sure I, i've actually never met him but tony went on tour with pain of truth and aoa um so he recommended him and we saw the influences and you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of all the work. It's all elite top tier level stuff. So mm-hmm. he, he crushed it. I can't wait for people to see the artwork. It's actually, uh, I didn't give him, I gave him all the references that I had in mind mm-hmm. and, uh, he crushed those, but also it reminds me of Elden ring, which I did not say to him, but you, you'll see what I mean. You, you've already seen it. So mm-hmm. you could probably like, make that basis <laughs> yeah and i i love that um that's why i i love working with uh, certain artists because i can just give them like here's my general idea and then they just take it to a whole nother level and i'm just like wow that's why i come to you because you're um, so amazing at what you do and and so it's cool because i because I, I've, I've been in the situation before where you have to keep going back and forth so these adjustments whatever um and obviously like, I, I get it like i'm you want it to be um to your standard because you're obviously paying for it but when i don't have to go like back and forth a bunch of times with an artist when they can just what it seems like you know kind of uh, uh, you know kind of peek into my brain and see exactly what i want it, it, it definitely makes things a lot easier yeah no it was cool man i gave him some like kind of out of left field i gave him like bands and artist recommendations like with like i gave him a withstand demo cover mm-hmm. um some like undertow record covers we all love undertow and that was like a big influence like we were trying to go for and uh i also gave him like metal gear solid old ps2 game layouts and it's just like i don't know, i feel like it took influences from all those things and like did like a modern twist i wasn't expecting but it's in the best way possible so okay yeah, definitely and um last thing on uh the band uh the you know demos out uh, are you guys trying to uh, play a lot of shows right like right away or are you guys just kind of taking things slow since uh, one of the tonys is in, is in a bunch of other bands yeah it's 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 like a double-edged sword because he's literally in like both other bands that i mentioned that are coming out right now mm-hmm. and uh he's in like a bunch of other ones that aren't active but i think are still a band technically speaking um but yeah, I mean, we, we're going to try to play everything that we can. Uh, Joe, the drummer of Means of Survival, is also in War Crimes with Tony. Um, so he's as busy as he is when it comes to playing shows for the most part. Yeah. I mean, double band bills, you know, whatever. We'll try to make it work. Uh, but yeah, if you want to have us in a northeast surrounding town or city, hit me up. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll put the bat signal out there for uh, people to you know hit you up to um, book your new band. But um, also, will there be any merch? Uh, yes. Well, there's going to be tapes. Um, oh. So there's going to be physicals. Um, I think you've had Luke Luke Cave on your podcast before. Shout out Ironsight Records. 
Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, we sent it to a bunch of people. Um, Words of Fire was initially going to do one, but then he had some uh, some outliers come up, so he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started asking. I would DM. I met Luke uh, on tour with Final Right, and he's just like the coolest dude. It's, and uh, yeah, I was like, yo, what do you feel about this? I sent him it. I, I literally sent him it like last week. He was like, dude, this is sick. But like, I actually have like two other bands coming out the same day. And uh, I was like, you want to do three? And he was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so that's sick. His, uh, his packaging and, and the work for being like a brand new um, quote unquote label. Uh, it's like his packaging work and, and the tapes is really solid for being like super, super fresh. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I still don't, I still haven't seen the layout yet, but I'm sure he's going to kill it. hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, I, I love Luke. Shout out uh, strangle you shout out first day out. Um, shout out Iron Sight Records, shout out Atlanta Hardcore Luke's uh, and his uh, crew over there. They're doing a lot of stuff for the scene out there in Atlanta, and it's definitely cool to see. And I'm happy to hear that that you're working with him because uh, I'm a friend of Luke's and he, he's a great guy. So it's cool yeah, to hear. And, uh, you know, definitely, like you said, they, they do a lot. I've never been to when we were on tour, we went down and played like the doghouse, like their venue. Mm-hmm. And that place is is literally run by hardcore kids. Like it was if I'm not mistaken, I think it was built by like a drummer of a band that's like affiliated with all those Atlanta bands. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't really see that. You know what I mean? Like, it's very hard. I, I've never seen that at a venue before. Literally, like you just pull up. This place is in the dead end of a suburb and it looks like an abandoned building with like a like a built stage and like a sub room, too. So if you want to book a big show or you could book a small show and it's like all done by the kids down there. So it's like shout out to them like that's like such a cool thing i usually be proud of that you know so cool 100 percent because it it takes a lot of responsibility like the idea of having um your own venue um you know for mainly hardcore bands it's cool in theory but when you get down to like the logistics and um the amount of work that it takes to put into it i think that's why you don't really see it that 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 often so for those kids out there in atlanta to have something like that i i think it's special and um i hope it's something that the local kids out there like truly respect and appreciate like while it's around yeah no it's super cool man like we there was a bunch of atlanta bands that, that played with us over the first day one was luke's band um but yeah it's it, it was awesome you know if you're around that area definitely start going there like it's so cool okay um but outside of tapes i was more curious about like maybe like a t-shirt or a hoodie um they're definitely coming i have an idea uh are you a metal your solid fan at all uh i am but i'm so like i'm so torn about that series because of just the way or like the state of it right now because it's technically not like, oh, it's, like yeah, it's, a dead, it's a dead game 100 yeah because it, it, it's just whack like i don't know like like obviously like i think like the first three were amazing and um, you know, f- like four was cool, but I don't know. Five was just really weird. And then there's like that other one after that, which I don't even know what it was called, which I didn't even play. Yeah. Survive. Yeah. That was like Kojima's departure. Yeah. Survive sucked. Um, I never played it, but just judging off of what people have said and what I've seen, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, but, even playing five, I was like, what happened to this series? I was yeah. Like five was, I think the gameplay was really solid. Um, the amount of options and versatility that you could use just readily at your disposal was really cool. Mm-hmm. But like, you could definitely tell that the story was just cut. Like it was, it was gutted. And like, there was a lot of weird kind of like, mind fuck things that didn't really fit even in Kojima's sense like the whole um Moby Dick theme where like Snake 
or big boss has like a shadow that you're playing as or vice versa. It was just very, even for Kojima standard, it felt kind of like out of the blue and cheap to put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you, you're going to get me going because I'm a very big Metal Gear Solid fan, but there's no cinematics in that game that are worth watching. Like there's like maybe one or two ones where if you go to Metal Gear Solid 4, that whole game is like a movie. Yeah. And I, I love that stuff. Like you cannot like that stuff for like, when I go to Metal Gear Solid, I want to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it was known for, right? It's like there's these like long ass cutscenes that were so interesting, and you know you were so involved in the story because it was so good. And then you're like, oh fuck, I have to play for like 30, 40 minutes to the next yeah. cutscene, and right. um, it, it wasn't like a, a drag. Like the only time that I ever like stressed out was like when I needed to save. If I had to like go out and do something, I'm like, fuck, I'm still in the middle of this cutscene, So I would just hit pause. And I, <laughs> I just hope that nobody would trip over like my PlayStation cord or unplug my shit or something weird. And then it would be there when I get back. But no, like that, I, I totally uh, enjoyed that part. Cause it, it, it was a different experience. Cause uh, you know, even uh, you know, graphically, like I felt like they, they always did like such a good job with the hardware at the time to make for a good experience. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. Metal Gear Solid 4 was like one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, and, and f- 5 had some cool connections, um, like Liquid Snake, or no, not like, yeah, Liquid Snake is in Metal Gear Solid 5 as like Eli. So when he was like a little baby, just mm-hmm. being cloned, which I thought was like a cool connection. Um, I forget the name of the boss, but there's like a, a flaming boss that is, uh, that's actually Colonel Vulcan from Metal Gear Solid 3, like, like an after image of him or something, which was cool. Mm-hmm. But you know, that, that kind of wins back some brownie points, but other than that story wise, you know, it's kind of all over the place and also that looks cool in that game. So, yeah, but it's also one of those things where you, you look at that, uh, that company and to have someone like Kojima, right. Who's legendary. Who's like once in a generation. Uh, cause I can't even think of anybody who, uh, who's that, um, you know, legendary who's had that kind of impact on the industry, who's had, you know, those kind of crazy ideas come to life and to make a, like a franchise like Metal Gear. It, it's, it's crazy to think that um, a company like Kojima or excuse me, like Konami would let him go. But but then obviously we don't know the the real inner workings of their relationship. So I'm, I'm just so curious, like, you know, how did it get to the point where um, you know, it had him leave and that whole franchise something where like the whole industry would always look forward to the next metal gear because it was always fun and it was always um, you know pushing the limit you know to what an action adventure game could be but to 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 see him have to you know part ways it was just like damn this is uh crazy and everybody kind of saw the writing on the walls right this is like definitely going to mark like the end of metal gear because what's a metal gear without its creator nothing exactly so As as we have been shown and it sucks too because you know you don't want that to be what your 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 franchise is remembered for because when you look back at something like um, my favorite Metal Gear is Metal Gear Solid Two um, to to look at something like that because obviously like the the hype from Metal Gear Solid One and then you go to number two and that was like a whole nother thing you know crazy story new character yeah 
but but now it's just like yeah it's just dead in the water like it's so tarnished because of you know the relationship between konami and kojima and what happened after he left with like the weird games that they put out that weren't anywhere near the level of what Metal Gear Solid should be it's just it, it, it's sad yeah no it's it, it's definitely a bummer and you, like you said the writing was definitely on the wall like people could tell it was coming um did you uh i was actually playing or not playing this but i was watching it the other day just to remind myself on how good it was did you ever play pt playable teaser yo um so i you know i i owned uh, uh what was it ps3 or ps4 i can't remember i think it, i actually never played it because it, it got off the market oh really okay i i want to say it was ps3 or maybe i'm my timeline's on and let me look this up because i'm okay. tripping out right now because i i can't remember because it, it feels so long ago it um, does. Uh, let's see. Uh, on, I'm looking at uh, 2014. Was it, I'm trying to. Uh, no, it was on PlayStation 4. Yeah, definitely PlayStation 4. But I remember because I love, um, you know, horror games. I, I'll, I'll never forget being in the Walmart in La Quinta with my mom. And I just saw the cover of Resident Evil Director's Cut and just begging her to buy it for me. I, I didn't even know what it was. I just saw zombies and it looked crazy. And even the guy at Walmart was like, oh, this is like ready to mature. Are you sure you want to buy it for him? Because I was like in the, the third or fourth grade. And my mom didn't care. She was like, yeah, like, like shouldn't be that bad. It's a video game. So <laughs> so like that was like where my love for like these, like, you know, uh, survival horror games started and uh and, and these days to to play a game uh in that genre like you don't really get too scared or creeped out right like it, it's not like how it was back in the day even though they, they've tried but when I, I heard you know rumors of this like pt thing floating around i was like oh i was like i don't know it seems like it's gonna be full of like hype and not that scary and i remember i had downloaded it and I, I was like out uh, or, or whatever. And I got home at probably like two or three in the morning. And I was like, all right, let me fire up this PT demo and see what the hype's about. So I'm like <laughs> sitting in the dark and I have um, like, you know, like headphones in. I, I think I was wearing earbuds at the time. And I was like, all right, like, let's play this. And the second that I realized that, um, like, it, it's like a loop, right? Like you, you, yeah. you go through it and you come back and, and something else is a little different. I was like, this is fucking creepy. And it creeped me out so much that I didn't even finish it the first time that I sat down and played it. Cause I was like, okay, this actually got me. This is like, uh, uh, you know, back, I, I, I looked at the date when it came out, so it was like 2014 ish. I was like, how is it that I'm this old and this game is creeping me out this much? I was like, fuck this. So I turned it off and I waited to the next day to play it like in the middle of the day. So I, I wasn't as creeped out and I, I finished it. And uh, you know, there, there's all those rumors. Oh, this is like a tech demo for like the next silent Hill or, or whatever but i thought they nailed it that that was another bummer too that we didn't get to see that come out because that tech demo was really fun it looked and felt super scary and i i definitely dug the vibes yeah it was like like all the videos look so insane like i'm so bitter about not playing it because like i guess i wasn't really as into like his games at the time oh that's that's not really true but i, I don't know for, for whatever reason i never downloaded it Mm -hmm. um and i never got to play it and like they took it off of the marketplace because of the like i guess they he just departed um and they cut ties and it never like i don't know there's like a licensing disagreement or something they took it down um and then uh then death stranding came out which i did play and did you play that 
I have it on Steam. I I, I played it, um, and I, I and I went into it because I I played it late, right? Because it, it was on PlayStation, um, for like for a long time before it came to Steam. Uh, but once I got it on Steam, I, I kind of already heard like the chatter about it. And um, if I'm being honest, I, I played it and it was okay. Like it definitely, you know, obviously you could tell it was a Kojima game. Um, but I, I can't knock it too much, right? Because I, I felt like this is um, a guy who uh, thinks outside the box and wants to take chances and try different stuff. Because he could easily just done his cookie cutter thing and made something similar to Metal Gear. Um, which you know there's like definitely a lot of similarities in death stranding to metal gear like if you played metal gear play death stranding like it would feel very familiar characters kind of you could are reminiscent yeah and um i I was like okay like he was so known for these like uh you know these like um, espionage type games you know filled with action and to to present something in a different way because there's a ton of action in death stranding but you know uh, but it's just not the same type of action you would find in a metal gear game that i i, I thought a lot of people were expecting because that's what he had done for so long and you know this is his first game post metal gear um i i try not to knock it too hard because um i would rather someone take a chance on something new that they wanted to do versus them just doing something that they're told to do over and over yeah. again. You know, I think you, you hit the nail on the head pretty much in like my opinions on, on that game. I, I actually never finished it. I played like halfway through and it didn't really grab my, my, it wasn't grabbing my attention as much as I, I hoped it would. Mm-hmm. I think the game's biggest problem is like the emptiness factor is like there, there's a lot of open environments mm-hmm. with, not too much off of the beaten path, but yeah, I, I, overall, I, I enjoyed the game. I need to go back and finish it. Um, Same here. But, I, I I definitely want to give him that respect just to finish the game. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like mentally you have to be tough to, to, to play that game because it just seems um, like you're just right off the bat just grinding to you know and not like not grinding levels, but to to get from one area to the next. Like they make it tough just because um you know it, it's far uh, you know in game like from one place to, to to the next it definitely is far and all the obstacles they present uh, depending on where you're at in the game so it, it, it it's interesting i um I, i'm not completely like you know like i said I, i'm not going to trash the game but you know um you know good effort uh you know i i gave my money for it so i i supported it that way but i guess going back to this this is the idea for the shirt that I had. Okay. <laughs> okay. So right. on the on the demo cover, um, it's like a guy in chainmail with with a katana or a sword, like close to his face. Mm-hmm. And uh, I immediately thought of that. I was like, this could just be Raiden, like with a sword, or like Jack from Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm with a sword like close to his face with a red eye and say like means of survival i really want to do that for the first year just have like Raiden like do that sword of the demo like the exact same pose mm-hmm. and just like have means of survival on top of it and then have that be a shirt i haven't even talked to them about that but hopefully they say none of them are into metal your saw whatsoever so <laughs> hopefully they say yes it doesn't matter just do it such a sick idea spoken into existence it's happening right now Okay, awesome. And uh, you know, having all this, uh, you know, talk about Metal Gear Solid. If I'm being honest, I didn't know you were into video games until I started seeing you post about Elden Ring. That kind of like opened my eyes to like, holy shit, Tyler actually plays video games. Like, how did I not even know this was a thing? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there are like periods of my life where playing was infrequent. Um, right now I've, I've probably found a, a pretty good balance of like work and being able to play when I can and just like doing band stuff, um, whatever else I'm up to. But yeah, I mean, Elden Ring, I've been a fan of the Souls game since Bloodborne. Um, okay. I'd say like Metal Gear Solid, I, I would say is probably one of my favorite. If I had to do like a top three, um, generally speaking, it'd be like Metal Gear Solid, um, Soulsverse, and uh, and probably Fallout. Oh, um, Fallout. Respect. I fucking love Fallout. Yeah, yeah. It's just like Fallout New Vegas specifically is one of my favorites oh. ever. Um, Interesting. But yeah, Elden Ring. Uh, yeah, we, we got a lot of talking to do about that game. Um, okay, wait, hold on. Before we get to Ellery, I'm going to ask you about Fallout because I'm I'm such a huge Fallout fan. Um, okay, New Vegas uh, had a rough start for, for people who may not remember when New Vegas came out. It was super fucking buggy and yes. glitchy. It got like just a really bad um, rep right off the bat, and eventually over time they, they fixed that kind of stuff, um, yeah. which is cool. Um, but uh, I I never beat it. That was uh, I I started it with Fallout Three because that's like you know like amazing game. But I never beat New Vegas because of the um, you know bugged out issues in the beginning. Uh, so I I skipped that one and then I played four, uh, played uh, seventy six, which I don't want to talk about. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, Fallout is super sick. But okay, so you, you like New Vegas? Uh, that that company, um, uh, Obsidian, the, 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 the yeah. people that make it, they, they made a newer game called um, I was uh, not New World. That that's Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. There you go. Uh, I'm thinking of the the Amazon MMO, but they made Outer Worlds. And uh, did you get a chance to play that? Yeah, no, I played Outer Worlds. It's funny you bring that up. I, I like for whatever reason I associate that game when uh, Age of Apocalypse dropped the way okay like their ep because like i bought and downloaded and played the hell out of that game when the way came out so like i was just playing that and listening to that ep like all day i was like fuck this game is mad good like this ep is mad good <laughs> like i don't know i just like i associated that game with aoa's the way for whatever reason but yeah it's it's, it's great um i wanted it, it was like i don't think i finished that game i played it for like a week straight like non-stop though mm-hmm. um, i really liked it um i had like one critique of it that i can't remember it's been an, i probably have to revisit it to be honest okay. um but yeah yeah I, I liked it obsidian did a really good job with it yeah and i'm hoping now that um the the, the fact that uh microsoft owns uh bethesda now like yeah. they're all they're all in-house I'm, I'm hoping that uh um, uh, uh, Obsidian, uh, maybe if, if they if they want, I don't know if they want to, but I'm, I'm hoping that maybe they, they can get another opportunity to make another follow game because I, I know that they wanted to, but for some reason uh, the, the plug got pulled, and I think that's why they made Outer Worlds. Yeah, probably. Um, mm. You know, as much as I would like Fall New Vegas too, it probably just won't come to life um, for whatever reason. Just like that setting and that environment just like appealed to me so much more than three. Like I know th- three is obviously a masterpiece mm-hmm. um, in its own right, for sure. Um, but I don't know, like just the environment, like the gambling, like the wild west, man, just like, I don't know, new Vegas, just scratch the itch. It's so sick. Yeah. I-, I think three hit at a, just a weird time in my life because yeah. um three came out and I had just like moved back in with my parents. I was unemployed, just kind of just down on my luck. Yeah, but but I had Fallout Three, so like uh, to 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 not be so depressed with life, I just literally played Fallout Three, 
every day all day to the point where <laughs> like i was so obsessed with that game i was like reading like everything that i could about anything in that game and i was having like lucid dreams about being in the wasteland i was <laughs> uh listening to you know three dog radio yeah, i was gonna say you're like three dog out yeah <laughs> it, it was it, it was this weird obsession and like my like my parents were like were like kind of worried about me they're like because like I used to you know go out to shows all the time. I used to hang out with my friends all the time, but I just was so embarrassed to be unemployed and just not have any money that I just didn't want to do anything or face anybody. Um, but it, yeah, it got to the point where my parents were like, "Hey, like here's money, go do something," and I, and I would just be like, "No, uh, I don't want to do anything. I just want to." Uh, you know, uh, play this game, and they they didn't understand it because they they don't know what Fallout is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, right, um, you beat all the expansions, and there's only so much you can do um, because th that world stopped growing. Um, and then eventually, I I got a job again, and then I just was like, all right, back to you know, uh, back to real life. I'm <laughs> out here. Um, it was a weird adjustment, but yeah, I th that game will always be special special to me. Like, and that franchise too. You know, like Fallout Four was fun. But I wasn't as obsessed as I was with three yeah. um, and, and even 76. I was like, oh, this is like such a cool idea. Like Fallout MMO would be better than a Pokemon MMO. And like I was like <laughs> yeah, so adamant about that. But then um, it was, I felt like 76 was just like executed wrong. Um, so I, I get like the all the flack that that game gets, even though it, it's still going on where right? there's like a decent community. Uh, but I'm just not that big of a fan of it. So I'm hoping maybe at some point in the future we can get like a Fallout 5. Like there's an Outer Worlds 2 coming for sure. So that, that'll be cool. But I'm hoping um, maybe in the future we just get another proper Fallout. And I've kind of have them return to form and kind of fix their image. Yeah. Yeah. Like a proper, maybe with like multiplayer elements to it, but a proper single player game for sure. Yeah. Like I still would be open to a Fallout MMO, but i know that that's like a big undertaking right and yeah. and it's very risky because <laughs> if you look at the landscape of mmos if you're not final fantasy or wow um you, you know it's it, it's it's rough because yeah, games those, they've been staked they, they've staked their claim for, <laughs> it's forever yeah like, literally forever because <laughs> even if you look at like big franchises like star wars right if a big mmo like star wars can't sustain they have to go to free to play then they lose their player base and it just grows stale like like come on like you got to get the right people in control um because because uh, even final fantasy 14 like that game almost tanked right out the gate but they they took um you know that game and they're like all right like we got to get this whole new team and they put in so much work that they turned that ship around and it's literally um you know like like the last expansion they had to stop selling copies because there were so many people uh, trying to buy the game to play and their servers were getting so flooded that they literally took the game off the market for a short period of time because there's like we can't have new players sorry like go away jeez man holy crap yeah yeah pretty wild but but yeah like i said if you're not you're not final fantasy or wow it's, it's definitely gonna be rough because um yeah you got people i've been playing final fantasy 14 since like 2009 yeah. So, like, good luck trying to take someone away from something that they've invested so much time in and money, right? Not just time, time and money, two very important things that you can't really get back. Yeah. I was super intimidated. I, I never, I, I might, uh, some of my friends might, might make fun of me for this, but man, I've never played a Final Fantasy game in my life. Whoa. What? Yeah, just, what? Can't, like, That's crazy. I, I just like jumping into it is like very, 
hard it seems like because there's so many like where would you start like what like if you're a big like let me know where would you okay, start? okay all right hold on i i all right let's get we got to try to set you down the right path okay have you played rpgs a, at all in your life yeah yeah of course yeah like which ones have you played um i mean basic ones like pokemon um okay like maybe the old school are you familiar with like um the mario and luigi games like the old ones uh i like uh, super mario rpg <laughs> yeah yeah like th th that series like there's superstar saga like there's a bunch of different ones okay. um but like simple nintendo games like that um okay iron emblem if you would consider that yeah, uh, yeah hell yeah that, that that's like a like a tactics rpg so yeah yeah like yeah. If I, I love fire emblem is probably like my favorite nintendo series oh wow up. that's interesting that, that's a good series that i don't yeah, hear a lot of people talk about so I, I, for whatever reason, I, I know it's literally just like chess, but I loved it since I was a kid. But mm -hmm. something about it. Um, but yeah, just like entry level ones like that. I'm sure I'm forgetting some, but okay. So it sounds like you've played a lot of the turn based ones. Yeah. Um, which is like, which these days is more of like a kind of like a throwback style when it comes to um, an RPG, right. uh, because uh, Final Fantasy stopped with the the um, traditional turn based. I'm gotta think Final Fantasy uh, 12 like uh, 11 doesn't count because that's their first MMO but for your traditional Final Fantasy it was definitely 12 because 12 was the um, it was like a simulated MMO like if you ever played like a dot hack um, or something like that uh, it was like an offline simulated MMO so I'm pretty sure that one wasn't turn based am, am I right with that who knows I'm pretty sure I'm right with that one um, but I, th I think for you like since you are are so heavy with the the, the turn base and it wouldn't be too foreign i, I honestly would suggest the classic final fantasy 7 that is like highly regarded like you can get that on what i see your playstation behind you uh, yeah, yeah you can get get it on your computer you can get it on your phone you can get it anywhere so i i would like i would re recommend starting there uh, because I, I i'm not sure if you know but every final fantasy it's like a different story so you don't need to have played seven to know about nine I did not. I, all literally, all I know about it is the guy with the big sword. Okay, yeah, that's that's Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. So, um, so there are sequels, right? So Final Fantasy X was the first Final Fantasy to get a direct sequel. That's you know Final Fantasy X, and then there's the ten two, and then you skip ahead to thirteen, and there's like three thirteens. There's like thirteen, um, and then like Lightning Returns, and I, I forget. I, I own them all, but I haven't played them all. Yeah, um, this is why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, it, 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 it definitely is a lot, but I would suggest you jump in with seven and uh, and if you like those vibes, um, you would like the series because or, like, yeah, because there's like a, a general vibe when it comes to a, a Final Fantasy. I will, play seven. I will do it. Okay, awesome. Uh, and uh, and maybe. It, well, there's a seven remake, which fuck do I just say don't even play the original play the 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 remake since um, right. since it's not as long still has the final fantasy vibe and it's a little different maybe just go with the seven room on playstation first or if i can get it on pc i'll get it on pc uh, it's not on pc yet i think it's still it's playstation yeah i think it's still playstation exclusive so yeah, just get the seven remake yeah we'll do. okay um all right well uh that's crazy i'm, I'm still tripping out that you never played final fantasy no never okay yeah play the remake it, it's uh you know It'll, it'll serve the series justice and i'm sure you, you'll enjoy it for sure and i i like the art style like i've, mm -hmm. I've always liked the art style like it looks cool um oh i know uh, one more sephiroth 
Yeah, oh. just Smash Bros. characters. Like that's all I know. <laughs> Smash. Yeah, um, and Sephiroth, he's the main villain of Final Fantasy VII, so you're already familiar with that world. So yeah, so definitely start with Seven, and then so just kind of go from that there. That game is definitely like the staple, like where the main characters, like the the flagships of the series, came out for. Okay. Well, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So go there, and then we'll we'll, we'll talk about that at, at a later time. For sure. Um, but okay, so. Uh, your you mentioned your your, your top three, um, but I'm curious uh, when you're getting introduced to Bloodborne, um, what drew you to that game? Because uh, you know it, it sold like a, a decent amount of copies, very popular. Um, you know uh, who knows if we'll ever get like a remake or a sequel. But I'm curious for someone like you, um, like how did you stumble upon a, a game like that? Because that's not your um, you know, it's, it's not your, your typical game. I feel like those games are very like, it's, it's, it's like a, like, you know, very unique and like a niche series. Yeah, no, I, it definitely is. Um, I was like the furthest thing away from getting into that game series when I got introduced to it. Um, I was in college, um, up the road in Poughkeepsie called Dutchess community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a friend of mine in high school, we played games on and off together, you know, going to school. And uh, he messaged me. He's always like giving me recommendations and like what to get into or what to check out. And he was like, "Dude, you got to play this game, Bloodborne." He's like, "This is this is like the craziest, scariest game. It's so difficult." And I was just like, "Nah, I don't really care." <laughs> I was like, "Nah, I don't really want. I want to play like like a regular game." And uh, he just kept drilling it into my head, and was like, finally I wanted. I just caved in. I was like, "All right, and, like." may as well take a chance and like I, I i didn't really look that into it like i love love lovecraftian horror and like very dark like silent hill-esque games um resident evil whatever um and i didn't really know that that game had those kind of themes and like dark horror um and i went and bought it and like instantly i was just super drawn to like the whole art style um just like bloodborne is a masterpiece man it's like Mm -hmm. literally one of the best games you'll ever play just like to all the bosses um like rom the vacuous spider like the first time fighting like that boss was just like mind-blown because i i don't know you you, you've played bloodborne right Mm -hmm. so like the before that fight you're in like a church or a library area i had no idea where to go and then you have to just jump into a light in a hole in, in a pond and like some guy tells you to do it, but I, I, I didn't know. Like I was just playing blind, but mm-hmm. experiencing like experiencing like if you're getting into the series and if I could recommend you to play it, play it blind first. Like don't look up anything. Don't Google anything. Just go in and see how you like it and like make your own judgment and experience. And like games like that are so intricate. Once you beat it blind and you make your evaluation, go back and do all the shit that you missed because like there's so much you know what i mean especially in elden ring like there's so much 100 mm-hmm. and i i definitely do agree with that because there was a long period of uh my uh gaming uh, i don't want to say career but um, th- as long as i've been playing video games and once like like achievements and trophy excuse me trophies got introduced i felt like i was like all right how can I 100% this game first try? So I was always like so like hyper focused on getting all the trophies first try, and it definitely ruined a lot of games for me because I was just like I was like oh I got to do this thing to to get this trophy, and that's all I cared about. But then more recently, I'm just like 
those things are always going to be there. Like, let me just go through it and have fun the first time. And then we'll double back and go knock out and get all the trophies. Um, and I, I feel like I've been able to enjoy things a lot more instead of, instead of having to want to show off my, uh, profile with these digital trophies that literally nobody cares about. Right. Like, yeah, I don't care. everybody cares about trophies. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, but it's like, uh, I, I think it was always th this like thing when I was younger where I was like, man, like I, uh, you know, beat Resident Evil with, uh, you know, uh, just the rocket launcher. You know, that's like, a stupid, <laughs> you know, that's a stupid issue that, that would be out today. But I was like, I have no way I'm showing anybody. Uh, but now that, you know, I, I can show it off. I, I guess it was like this weird thing that I always wanted. Um, but then it just kind of took over my life for, for a little bit. But um, yeah, but definitely I, I, I would highly recommend. Yeah, just, just play, play it and have fun. And then if, if you care enough, go back and get the trophies because those things like, yeah, like it's like a cool little like, um uh like a little rush when you hear the little ding or whatever you see it pop up on your screen you're oh i'm like what the fuck is that like well like why am i getting <laughs> like re rewarded um but, but it's cool uh Red ending if Bloodborne. that was like a big i i got it mm -hmm. and i didn't google it on my first time so like i was just I, somehow i got the secret ending and like did all the quest steps and like getting you're right getting that trophy is just like uh it's like i just did some sick shit <laughs> Um, okay well so you you played bloodborne and that game can be difficult especially if you're new to the series uh was there any point where you're like fuck why is this so hard i want to quit this is bullshit yeah um there's a like most of the bosses in that game are pretty memorable but i was stuck early on on like a not so memorable one uh the blood star beast and like he, I think it's like the third boss in the game. I might be wrong, mm -hmm. um, but I remember when I played through that, it would just like insta kill me every single time I entered. Like literally, I would just not do anything. It would pick me up and just like destroy me. And like I would just get, I was getting, I was getting pissed. Like me and the friend that recommended the game to me, and one of our other friends were doing like a race, like a competitive kind of thing, or we we're just trying to see who could fucking finish it the fastest. And uh, I was losing because of this boss. Like, I just couldn't beat it. And then one day I just got super lucky and just, like, evaded those those attacks and then beat him. But, yeah, fuck the Bloodstar Beast, man. Yeah. It's always a good feeling when you d defeat those annoying bosses. Yeah. Um, but, okay, well, that, that's cool to hear. I'm, you kind of find your entry into the series that way and, and were able to stick around. Um the the lead up to Elden Ring, I, I was like, all right, cool. This is um, like a whole new thing. There's like all the hype um, dealing with George R. R. Martin having like a hand in the game, which, uh, you know, uh, Game of Thrones was like, you know, like an amazing thing. I, I know a lot of people give it flack for the last season, but I still enjoy it a lot. Because um, that was like honestly where I, I drew my interest in because it was like, all right, cool. An another Souls game, but this time it's going to have like somebody uh, involved that like I'm a huge fan of when it comes to their writing. Yeah. Uh, but I never realized how much of a, like a pop culture thing Elden Ring was going to become because it was, massive. dude, it, 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 it came out. Yeah. It, 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 and, and it's well deserved because it's a really fun game, yeah. but I had like casual gamers of like, you know, friends of mine reach out that I didn't even think that was in their orbit. They were just like, hey, like, have you heard of this game called Elden Ring? And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm literally playing it. Like, what's up? And they were just asking for, like, 
like if it was a good idea if they should buy it and i told them i'm like yeah it's a good game uh like i would recommend it but just be wary that it's not gonna be easy so um, you're definitely gonna get frustrated but just don't give up and uh they're like oh okay that that sounds interesting but cool like we'll do it but but the fact that i had just like you know these casual gamers reach out about i'm like that's like that's crazy that you even know about that but then seeing how you know how popular it is it, it, it's crazy but but it's also really cool too because i feel like for that genre uh, to, to get that kind of hype i i think it's cool because um all the games that have come before elden ring uh you know are, are just as fun so i'm I, i'm happy to see that it kind of like you know grow to this like giant thing that it is yeah no i'm, I'm super stoked and just like the, the whole build up and uh like i th- i remember I, I like knew it was going to be like an amazing game very early on like there are a lot of people out there who's like oh this is gonna tank like this you know this is just gonna be dark souls 2.0 like whatever mm-hmm. and uh then like i think it was like a week before the game came out um the like official band like social media or not band um game social media account they uh they posted like with this guidance in mind take this new journey with us and it's just all these publishers and like publications 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 i was just like (laughs) i was like yeah i was like i've never seen a game like market like that where just everybody is calling it a masterpiece like 10 out of 10s across the board and that just like made my hype sky i feel like that made everybody's hype skyrocket like when they dropped that it was just like it was done but yeah i mean it's definitely falls pretty and that being said there's still a lot of haters that like aren't into it like that are like veteran players that just like they just don't like it and like it'll be on their very bottom tier list of like the ranking of the souls games but it's probably like three or two for me I, I love Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3. I would say like Elden Ring is like, I, could, I can't even put an order of them, but like Dark Souls 3, Elden Ring, and Bloodborne in no particular order. Okay, yeah, it's all inter- interchangeable, just a solid top three. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it had been a while because I hadn't played any of those uh, games like the last one that I played that was kind of in that realm was a Sekiro, which is, um, you know, people like to compare it, uh, you know, it's supposed to be like a Tenchu game, which is fine. But uh, I remember just having that nice familiar feeling uh, when like logging, logging in and playing Elden Ring. And I'll, I'll never forget uh, just getting out of like that first tutorial area, just getting into Limgrave for the first time, just kind of looking around. And it just made me think like, why can't every game be this massive and awesome and like just like the amount of like uh detail that that goes into this i was like like sometimes i I feel gypped when i I can pay you know my my 60 bucks to get a product like elden ring but then i'll you know pay 60 bucks for another thing and i i get it there's levels to this but it's just like damn like i I wish everybody worked as hard as you know fromsoft yeah no it's it's definitely crazy and you think you think it's like really really big when you first start and then you like get teleported to like the top of the map mm-hmm. and like you're not even close to where you you know what i mean like it just skyrockets you to yeah. like a tan part of the map and you have no idea where you are but it's like a thousand meters where you where you originally were it's like insane yeah and then you realize there's like also like an underground which you're like what the hell yeah. this is the entire underground catacomb like mm-hmm. there's a, a 
freaking tornado city at the end of the game. It's like crazy. I'm actually, I'm getting uh, the boss of Crumbling Firm. Have you beaten the game? No, I, I wanted to tell you this story. Um, so I started the game, like my, my first playthrough is um, like mage class. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what kind of build I did. I was just using a lot of um, like a, what, a Suna's Moonblade. Do you know okay. that? Yeah. Oh yeah, excuse me, a, 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 a doula's, uh, and then like a rock sling all day. I felt like I was like the 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 spell that I used the most throughout that game, um, and I, I got all the way to Melania, and I was like level I think like one thirty four. I was like oh I was like this should be okay because nobody's really giving me trouble uh, you know this far, <laughs> so I get to her and she wrecks me right for, for anybody who's uh, you know fought against her she she can be pretty tough and I, I think i just got kind of frustrated i was like i don't like this play style because uh, it is the first time that i'd ever played um a, a mage class in this game so i was just like and i wanted to try something different so like i do, do i really want to just run around with a sword again like i do in every other game so I was like, yeah. let me try this mage thing and, and i made it like fucking like 50 hours into the game and i was like i'm over this so i literally started a new character and this time I, <laughs> this time I, I went samurai and i i like just looked up this like build i i did like a uh i think they called it like a blazing uh samurai i i, I use uh, I, I don't even know the name of the spell, but I just like enchant my sword with fire. Wait, what, what? What's it called? Blood flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood flame. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I do that, and then even now I'm like level like two hundred and two, and I'm just like I don't even like this class. So I think I might try to get like the the the, the Moonvale katana and try something different. But I but I do like playing this melee class th over the mage because with the mage class I was so weak. I could only get hit like once, maybe twice yeah. with, before I would die. But with, with the samurai, I'm just running, running around tanking everything, taking all sorts of hits. And I'm like, this is so easy right. because it's such a different play style. And I could actually not have to worry about, um, you know, my FP consumption. All I literally have to worry about is just my endurance and uh, not running out of health. So yeah. I, I just feel like playing the, the melee class is so easy. So I I'm uh, just got to level 202 and I'm just kind of taking my time since I've done since I've done everything up until millennia before I, I'm like, right, I'm just going to kind of just try to enjoy it a little more since I can actually uh, not get so frustrated and get picked off so easy because yeah, there, there's so many of these like, you know, bigger enemies that I was so afraid of, but now that I can actually take damage, they're, they're nothing. Yeah, I did. Uh, my first playthrough was pretty pretty similar to to the first thing that you did like i was doing uh intelligence decks mm -hmm. so i was running uh i didn't really know that this was like the cheesy or cheap weapon at the time but i was using Moonvale and uh just a staff and i was mm -hmm. literally just doing the exact thing you did but like i started out the uh the game more focused on decks than int and uh because of that it's like when you start the game it's really hard to play with magic because mm -hmm. like magic is sucks and you, and you don't have any spells like you get all the the better spell the spells at the end of the game and uh so i focused on decks and then when i got to like end game content i started really using both and at that point you're a high level so you can distribute your stats evenly um and then my i did a second playthrough with uh strength faith um i don't have you gotten to crumbling fire room azula that's what that place is called um 
would describe it. It's so. Have you fought the fire giant? No. No. So you, you get. Well, I don't. Want, I won't spoil it. But like when you fight that boss, you go to that area. Okay. And uh, there's a boss there called Malaketh, and uh, I used for the strength faith build. I used his sword with uh, like a, a seal, like an incantation caster, and like that was super super fun. And then I'm still I finished that playthrough, and I'm kind of just like playing PvP when I have the time, and you know if I ever decide I want to suffer more, I'll do another one. But you know it's so time consuming. I just I can't do it right now. <laughs> Yeah, and I realize that like I I have I have fun with the game, but I realize there's so many other people out there that are better at it than me because I watched this guy run through the game with with only using fists, and <laughs> and I was like, how is he doing all of this? Because I like I said, I'm like right now I'm level two hundred and two, and this guy was like I think like maybe like level eighty with just fists and just beating everybody's ass and i was like how is he doing this i literally have like 120 levels on him and i'm like you know decked out with these uh you know talismans and everything but this guy's literally just using fists and just still just being a badass have you ever uh have you ever listened or heard of a band from around here called recycled earth uh yeah i i've heard of them so the the drummer of recycled earth he uh he actually beat me twice in pvp and it just like it hurt my ego so bad mm-hmm. like it was just it was crazy because i was just demolishing people all day and then then i i think one of us messaged each other i was like yo you on and i was like we just literally just said fight <laughs> just i summoned him and he just destroyed me and i was just like damn like it's crazy mm-hmm. and you from recycled earth and colony man and you guys do like the like level 150 like pvp or how do you do it um I don't spec down. I, th- I don't really know how the scaling works with multiplayer. I- I'm like level 200 something now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was fighting him with a blood build. Um, I was using two thorned whips and uh, I was actually using blood flame magic. So I was like power stancing them. So I had two of them. Mm-hmm. And I had an incantation caster in my left hand. So like I would enchant and like cycle out the two. And uh, I think he was using like um, two. I forget what they're called. Um, it's like, a, I think a Godskin peeler or something. And uh, he had like a, a different weapon in his left hand, but like the moveset was so strong. He was just countering like everything that I was throwing at him. I was like, fuck, this sucks. He was just ready for you. Yeah, I know, man. Now, uh, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, did you see um, Elon Musk r- revealed his Elden Ring build? No, I did not. Okay. I, I have the tweet pulled up. Uh, somebody called Kangaroo. Um, uh, asked Elon Musk, and I don't even know. Like, I didn't even look through the whole thread. I just saw the the tweet where they asked about um his build. They just asked Elon, uh, like, what uh, class build of um Eldering are you playing, sir? Uh, appreciate your wisdom, struggling with mage. And then Elon Musk replied, uh, and he said, um, int dex build. So mostly, um, excuse me. So mostly mage with some weapon skills, shield in left hand, staff in right with rapier and claws, fast switch change armor from heavy to medium for fast roll or tank move talismans around a lot many small hits on a row to damage stack is important summon dude what a maniac <laughs> i wonder if he knows he probably knows what he's talking about he's yeah <laughs> but he's elon that's, musk uh, that's pretty funny holy shit i had no idea 
Yeah, it's crazy to, you know, the, the like one of the richest men in the world, uh, the owner of Twitter is playing Elden Ring and actually talking about it with knowledge. It's pretty funny. What a, what a time that we are existing in. It, it's interesting because, uh, you know, someone um, of his stature is like, where, do, where does he have time to, to play Elden <laughs> Ring, know, you know, in between running? Like, probably one of the busiest businessmen yeah. in the world. And like, he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just casually playing Elden Ring and making a perfect build to just tell on some Twitter. Yeah. Reply. <laughs> yeah. And with confidence, right? Because, you know, like he, people and I, I see people trying to like talk shit about his, his build, but it's just like, every, <laughs> you know, people just just always want to find something negative with whatever he's doing, which is fine. Yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty Switzerland on Musk. I just like, I can't really find a valid opinion, bad nor good on, on the guy. Um. Well, he's yet to go full villain, right? So I think only time will tell. But I, I think right now, uh, I, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way. It's like he gets a ton of hate that I see a lot. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I can find good points with the guy. I can find bad points with the guy. It's really all I got. I'm not like too. I don't follow him or his news too too much, but. Yeah, but I, but I feel he's just um, obviously uh, he has a lot of cool shit going on. But he's 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 a human being. Nobody's perfect. We're, we're all gonna make mistakes. We're gonna stumble. Uh, but what's important is uh, you know how you recover from that, and just you know how you are, just as a person in general, right? Yeah. So I I, I try not to um, uh, hold people to just like a certain you know mistake that they've made for the rest of their life. I, I like to see growth and and I like to believe people can change. Uh, you know, some people don't, but I, I like to believe that everyone has it in them to, 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 to make change if they want to. I would like to drive a Tesla. I've never driven one. And that's like the only thing I can really think of <laughs> in regards to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe in the future when we're all... Uh, you know, implanted with uh, his. Um, <laughs> you, you've heard about that, right? His um, his little chip that he, he's working on to um, implant in your brain. Dude, we might be doing this podcast, and then two years from now, we're all just going to be fucking robots. So. Thank, thank you, Jamie. <laughs> um, uh, but it's called a Neuralink. And Neuralink. It, yeah, look into it. It's, it's pretty interesting. It's supposed to, you know, um, help you uh, just have more access um, in your brain. To, you know more bandwidth to to be able to um, access shit faster and um, <laughs> and Elon Musk said that like it's going to get to the point where um, we won't even have to speak to communicate. No, bro, no. Sign me no. up, bro. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit, man. <laughs> you don't see where all this is going. He he's going to help usher us into the new age where we turn into aliens and AI is going to take over. Dystopia, man. Yeah, Crazy. just just let me live to see Street Fighter Six, <laughs> and <laughs> and play it for a little bit, and then I'll be okay. Another series I uh, I never got into was Street Fighter. Uh, you know I can understand why people wouldn't get into fighting games, um, but for me, I just kind of fell into it when I was young. I had um uh this uncle uh, rest in peace and, and, and my cousin they're just uh, just back then they were so badass at street fighter in my mind but i, I would whip their ass these days they, they wouldn't even stand a chance because i actually know how to play now 
Um, <laughs> but it, it was always just such a cool bonding thing for me growing up is playing those types of games with my family. Yeah. And uh, I just always had fun because uh, like m my older cousin, his name's Alfie. He's like an older brother to me. Um, so we would always play every fighting game like growing up together. So like, you know, from Street Fighter to Mortal Kombat, Killer Instinct. So it, it was always just something that I was always uh, attracted to just fighting. So uh, these days I I'm way more knowledgeable, know how to play them better. Uh, and, and, and it was due to my friends being better than me, like uh, like my buddy Nate, who's still really into fighting games. He would like whoop my ass and shit. And I was like, I can't I, I, I can't do this. I, I got to uh, get better. But it got to the point where I learned how to actually play these games and get better. And they don't even want to play me anymore. I had uh, I have a bunch of friends that were into Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. Look at um, this. This is how, how serious I am about it. Like th this is what I rock with. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's funny you show that. Like he he, uh, he brought me to uh, this place called Round One. Oh, um, we, we have those out here. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a chain. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was a chain. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, he uh, he brought me out there, and literally he was uh he sat down at the arcade, like the Street Fighter, like whatever number it was, arcade, and played me. Then he sat, he sat there and like people were coming around us mm -hmm. and like we were making bets <laughs> and just like doing this like public tournament in round one that he li we literally just started by sitting down and just like playing each other. Like people were coming up and like, yo, let me play. you. And it was, it was crazy. We were just, there was like a crowd there like mm -hmm. cheering for him. It was wild. That's, that's old school. That's how it used to be before um, the internet and, uh, you know Xbox Live and PlayStation Very Network. True. That's what you had to do if you wanted to face real competition. Go down to your local arcade, put up your quarter, and get in line and you know feel the pressure. It, it, it was always fun. Uh, I felt like those days. Um, I didn't really get to really uh, experience it too much because I, I was very young. But I, I do remember going to the arcade and just getting. Uh, you know, yelled at for uh, not putting my quarter on the machine to you know, kind of hold my place in line and then waiting like 40 minutes to play a Marvel versus Capcom 2 just to get my ass beat in like 30 seconds. Um, but yeah, but I feel like, you know, all those experiences just kind of led me to, you know, still have this love for those types of games and play them to this day. Like I, I bought King of Fighters 15, uh, which came out recently. Uh, you know, I still play Street Fighter 5. If anybody out there wants to smoke, I will play you. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I, I, uh, I, I play every type of fighting game. I, I, I love Tekken, even, uh, the anime fighters, which I suck at, uh, you know, uh, Dragon Ball Z fighters. Yeah. Yeah. I played like Budokai three when, when that was out and okay. when, like when I was a kid, mm -hmm. I never really, uh, I tried watching the series as a kid, but I never like got invested in it for some reason, but I, I always loved the games. I thought they were really fun. That's interesting because those games retold the Dragon Ball Z story so many times. Like it, it kind of not like ruined it, but like whenever I play like a, a new Dragon Ball Z game, I'm like, fuck, I have to deal. I have to go through the story again that I've seen a million times in so many different forms. Because like I, I, the most recent Dragon Ball Z game I played was a Dragon Ball Z uh, Kakarot, that RPG, and you're literally going through the Dragon Ball Z story. And I'm just like, dude, I've done this a million times. Dude, I'm like. I'm so upset right now because I just went to go pull you out my copy of Budokai 3 and it's missing. Somebody traded it into your local GameStop. It's over. Dude, what the hell? Oh, man, that sucks. That just bummed me out. <laughs> I think it's crazy. Uh, so you, you, you still buy physical games? 
Um, not really anymore. Cause like I have a PC now. So I, uh, like I, I bought Elden Ring on PC. Mm-hmm. I have like a few other games. I have like destiny and halo on it. Um, I actually only buy physical games for the switch now. Um, I have dark souls remastered, um, fire emblem, three houses, um, some Pokemon games, Tony and I from, from, uh, from all the bands that we were in, we, we are huge Pokemon fans. Mm-hmm. So like when we, uh, when like we first started playing together, we were both playing a lot. So I'd be like texting him at midnight being like, yo, I need, I need you to evolve my Magmar. Are you up? And it would take him like 30 minutes or anything. He's like, yes. And I'm just like trying to fucking use our 3DS to trade with Pokemon at midnight. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, do you ever watch the Pokemon anime? Um, I mean, maybe I have the, Pokemon first movie VHS, um, like anime, and, and like, that's how long it's been going on, right? It's been going on for the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have like the first, the first movie, um, like Celebi, the movie based around, like all, all the old, old ones. But I never really watched newer, newer episodes of it. Okay, yeah, they're about to start a, a new season, um, which is like supposed to be like pretty badass. Word. Okay, is it like? I mean, I'm sure it's so much different now than it was in the 90s, like how it was. Yeah, but obviously, like you got to think too that um, uh, it's like you know, there's so much story because like they're bringing back like um, like so many people from the past because it's like a it's, it's like this like championship series, and so they're bringing yeah. back like some of these like like you know like older trainers, like people that I'm not even f- familiar with. I just saw this thing on TikTok where this guy was he he sold me on watching this new series. Uh, <laughs> they should they should pay this guy on, on TikTok for getting me interested, but um, uh, it, it, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, they do all the companies do like current anime like that with such a good job, and there's like so many characters. Like if you think about all the fucking Pokemon games that have been out from now till whenever. Like, think about how many, like, gym trainers, like, champions, just, like, recurring NPC characters that are in the game. It's, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your favorite type of Pokemon? Uh, like, probably water. Water. Why water? Um, I don't I feel like all my favorite starters are water Pokemon. Really? Yeah. Yeah, for that reason. Even Totodile? Dude, Feraligator's <laughs> fucking awesome. Don't don't talk shit about Totodile. Man. Come on. Okay. See, I, I'm uh I'm I'm a huge fan of fire, so you know. Opposite end of the spectrum. I like fire as well, but water's just personal favorite. I think my, my first starter in the game series, um like I'm I'm younger than you, so I mean I I had the movies and I watched the show as a as a kid. Mm-hmm. But my first Pokemon game that I ever really got into and played like a lot. I mean, I had Pokemon Snap and like Pokemon Stadium for the Nintendo sixty four. Mm-hmm. But probably uh, the first game that I, I like my kid brain could really focus on was Sapphire. Um, and uh, yeah, Mudkip was like my first real that was, starter. That was a what, for GBA, right? Yeah, Game Boy Advance. Yep. Mm-hmm. Damn sapphire okay I, yeah because i started with um and th- this is like you know like i wasn't like well off when i was younger so i had to uh share with my cousin yeah and uh he he, he bought uh uh red so we would just kind of uh, you know share red back and forth but then he turned into a villain and bought blue so i was like okay <laughs> i was like I'll, I'll keep red you can go play play your blue um which was fine 
and then um sapphire so yeah uh, pokemon uh, silver came out when was it was the silver next i'm trying yeah to silver and, and gold yeah. okay yeah because i'm like in my brain i'm looking i'm like trying to go go by like the cartridge shape right um to, i think and, there was like crystal in between it or something but crystal's like rare um and I didn't pl- like I, I didn't have Ruby or Sapphire. I, I uh, got Emerald. Yeah. Yeah. Like how the business model works, I guess, is like they do the first two and then they have like a hidden legendary and then the mm. hidden legendary gets the next game. Yeah. Rayquaza was was one of my favorite Pokemon for like a long time. Dude, he's dope. He's dope mm-hmm. as fuck. You get uh, Alpha Sapphire or Mega Ruby? No, I, I actually don't own any Nintendo systems right now. Oh shit! Yeah, no. If if you do, man, like if if you finished uh, Emerald, you, you'll love Omega Ruby. I know they're old now, mm-hmm. but they did like a pretty cool homage to it. Like, yeah, it's it's a traditional remake in a lot of ways, but they added a lot of like cool swan songs to it, which is which is awesome. Yeah, like I didn't like I I played like Sword and Shield, but I didn't really like it too much. I was like, I just is... sold it. I just traded it in. Okay. Didn't finish it. I sold that, and I sold Sun. Never finished. Is that the new one? Is that the newest one? Um, oh no, no, wait. You're talking about like Sun and Moon? No, I traded Sun and Moon and never finished them. Then I got Sword. Mm -hmm. Um, I played that. I liked it. Um, but I think I just needed money, so I brought it back. But I have um, whatever the the fourth gen remake, Shining Shining Pearl or Brilliant Diamond. Um, I got that, and I played the whole thing. I liked the fourth gen a lot. I played that as a kid. Did you ever play uh, Pokemon Go? Yeah, yeah. When I, <laughs> shit. Yeah, when it first came out, uh, well, we would go to this college called Vassar and just walk around like fucking aimlessly, look really dumb, and play it. That's I, I, we used to play it because. Uh, uh, out here uh, at Disneyland, there is always, um, you know, like hella, uh, you know, pokey stops and gyms just inside Disneyland. I didn't even think of that. What a cool place to play that. Mm-hmm. So me and my friends would play and it was super active. So it was always easy to to do the raids and whatever, because there was, you know, always like millions of people around. Yeah. Um, and I I got a shiny Mewtwo, which was like probably like my uh, best thing that I, I ever did. And then I don't know what happened. Uh, maybe I missed like a like a login update or um, account update, but I can't remember the login to to my Pokemon Go, so I, I'm not able to play it. And, and like I've tried the the two different ways that they provide you to log in, but they say my email doesn't exist in their system, so I have no way of finding my account. But um, my theory is they don't want me to have that shiny Mewtwo, so they they X me out. You know what I think is funny looking back on that. Is like it's probably. I mean, it's, it's still a game, right? It's mm-hmm. still like yeah. A, you know, it's like trying to convince everybody around you that you're not a fucking batshit lunatic, just walking around like, like looking everywhere and just like being extremely confused and like walking random spots. Yeah, it's like I always thought that was pretty funny. It, it was weird when we would do it, like actually, like out in the wild. Like we'd be at like some random park, and we'd see like other people playing. You're like, oh, this is this is cool. But then <laughs> when we like, you know, switched over to just doing it at, at Disneyland, it was always like you would see like the people with like the four cell phones walking around with the battery packs, and I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> like, like that's extra, bro. Yeah, that's some extra. Shit. That's really excessive. I was like, I, I'm just like, I, I was always like super casual with it. Like my friends were always the ones who were like, 
there's a raid like we gotta go we, we, we gotta get this this special move it's only out this weekend and i'm like all right like let's go <laughs> like I'll, I'll try because they were out there buying like raid passes and stuff and i'm like i don't like it that much to want to actually spend like uh you know real money my landlord for some reason like there's like the the teams right like they're the three three teams mm -hmm. she uh she has like her landlady i guess she has um the blue team on the back of her car oh Myst and, is that like, team mystic right yeah mystic. yeah like a sticker i was like i always wanted to go off and be like yo your pokemon go ahead <laughs> but I, I never did <laughs> yeah she, she might want to uh you know get all crazy if you're on the wrong if you're on instinct or valor she might freak out <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah I'm, not, I'm not on the wrong side that's crazy well, all right well, Tyler, this has been awesome. I appreciate you coming on to talk about means of survival and Elden Ring. Um, I hope everybody who got this far into the podcast, uh, you know, goes and checks out the, uh, you know, the band's EP and uh, anticipate uh, all the new merch, the shows, because the music's awesome. I, I will, you know, repeat that again. I, I think the, the new music's sick. And I hope everybody enjoys it as much as I did. But before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, yeah. I mean, we definitely probably are going to lose everybody up to this point <laughs> that hasn't played a video game. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah. I mean, shout out to everything that's going on over here. Um, AOA is killing it. You know, Mind Force obviously. End of One is coming back, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. We're from like my area. Yeah, I saw um, that flyer. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's like cool. It's like really, really awesome how they're coming back. What's up with the um the Hudson Valley Red? I didn't know that was a thing. Hudson Valley Red? Yeah, I, I saw. I think I, I think it was uh, Kyle posting about uh, he used the Hudson Valley Red for the flyer, and I was like, oh, is that. Is that... Um, I think it's maybe a reference to a lot of old bands around here use that color scheme and, mm -hmm. and kind of layout, okay. um, like kind of the All Out War end of one old. Um, old covers. Mm -hmm. If I had to guess, but I, I, to be honest with you, I actually don't even know. Right. Um, but if if I had to guess, probably like that, like one last. There's a band like One Last Sin. Um, a lot of older like death metal hardcore crossover bands um, use that that kind of art style and layout. Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably what that's that's in reference to. Um, but yeah, shout out to all the the bands like coming up now. Torture Chamber. Check check out Torture Chamber. Check out War Crimes. Um, Big Shot, um, Big Shot are are gonna kill it. I don't know if you've ever listened to them before, but, but mm. they're uh, they're mm -hmm. good. Um, I'll, I'll like, check them out. Yeah, th their new stuff sounds. Uh, it sounds like Desperate Measures leeway, and mm. like meets like Carry On or something. Um, there's a lot, like a really a lot of good influence in in that band. Um, and yeah, that, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, thank you again for your time. Thank you everybody for tuning in, and we'll be back soon.